welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and today on the show we've got the return of Tom Hamilton and his segment, The Continental Breakfast. Just before we get on to The Continental Breakfast, uh, MAP, Team Bib, the new Team Bib, it's out, it's the bee's knees and if you want to, uh, if you need some new Nicks, if you, if you want to top up the Nick uh, collection, which you can never have too many of. Uh, make sure you head to map.cc. Try these new nicks. They are uh, the best in the business. The podcast today, it's with, as I mentioned off the top, Tom Hamilton. He was a cyclist with Campbell and myself as we're going through under 23 ranks. He's now back in Melbourne as we are, and he runs a segment, if you haven't heard it before, called The Continental Breakfast. He started this segment looking at continental teams, hence the name, and he's got a slightly different take, which he'll uh, discuss at the start of this segment, but he's a funny man, he's very insightful, um, and it was a fun podcast to do. So I hope you enjoy this, this segment. If we, we try, we run a topic off the back end of it, I think it needs a little bit of work, but I think there's something in it. Campbell Campbell suggested that we just we just wrap it up with a little topic discussion, something something within the sports. If you've got any suggestions, please send them through. Uh, it can be hosted by Tom, and his insightful take on the sport. So I hope you enjoy this app. Let us know what you think, as always, and uh, we'll see you back at the social club next time. Sit down, get comfortable, and get ready to delve into the strange and beautiful world of continental cycling. The Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast. <laughs> Tommy, welcome back to the studio. Does it feel does it feel more like a studio since we left? It's been a it's been a bit of time in the making. It does. Um, almost a little bit of deja vu though. I feel like we were sitting down this time last year, right at the um, the beginnings of all the COVID drama, doing the exact same thing, mm. going through the exact same stuff but now i just feel like you're doing a little bit nicer so that's good we've leveled leveled up with the uh the boom arms yeah hands free so now i can have a little bit of wine little cheeky vino talk about two bit continental teams and uh yeah it's it's not too bad so this didn't go to air last year never it got culled i took it it got sliced in the production room i took it to the heavies in sydney and they just didn't want a piece of it so this will go back there'll be like unreleased Recordings in a couple of years, yeah, mm. uh, like editors, well, MJ, director cuts, MJ, um, yeah. content, yeah, yeah, just raw content, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but also, it's been I don't know how long since we done since we did that last Conti B. Well, it couldn't be almost eighteen months. So the so people have been wanting it. They've been for for years. Oh, but it's scarce content. You can't just give it. You can't just give it out like candy. It's Tom. It's Tommy Hamilton. Mm, scarce. It's scarce. Yeah. Uh, Great content. But can you can you just can you just off the top just just run us through the idea? T- tell us a story. How did it come about? So what I'm thinking, it's hard to get information on continental teams and good information. Like a lot of the time, not that I make stuff up, but I do infer <laughs> a fair bit, or I might say suggestive things in a way that might make it a little bit more appealing, but. At the end of the day, there's not many continental teams left that one I'm interested in or two that I actually don't really care about continental teams. You just sort of see them like, oh, yeah, who were they this year? What are they amalgamation of? 
So what I've thought we'll do, but 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 to be fair, if you want to sift back through the deep 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 archives, like Zalf, like there were some good squads in there. Yeah, and half of them we, weren't even. Well, half of them technically weren't even continental teams. Yeah. but you know, it gave me something to do on a weekend. Um, but I think what we'll do, the approach we'll take moving forward, because there's just a wealth of information online which I ignore and can't find or can't be really be bothered. Because again, I wrote sort of this running sheet. Over eight, well, eight, yeah, 12 months ago, 14 months ago, I think it was in January. So, um, but what we'll do is we'll just go through teams that like, right? You know, we always talk about that sweet spot in the sport where everyone was a machine. There was only winners. Didn't talk about the losers. It was just like the the iconic years, like the, the 2001, 2000. Two, 2003 Brisbane Lions, the, you know, the, just the golden era of cycling, in my opinion, right? When science had developed to a point where they can get the most out of a person, but it hadn't quite developed enough that it could catch that person using <laughs> the science also. So it was just like a battle of like, it was like tick for tat. And I, I think that's when we got the best out of our athletes as, as, as a, as a planet. So what are you talking? <laughs> what what what's we're talking circa? like? We're talking nineteen ninety to two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. Mm. In oh. the depths of it, yeah. The, uh, the in my opinion, the glory days. It's not going to get better. The sport will not get better than what it was then. Well, sport generally then was great. Was good. I mean, for Australia anyway, cricket, rugby. Yep. We think back. You name any footballer from the nine from ninety five to two thousand and five, easily recognisable. Mm. Any. Well, I don't know what our soccer team was like then. Probably garbage. Yeah, but internationally, right? would have been pretty good. Yeah. The Olympics were oh, on fire. Actually, sorry. Olympics, 2000 and, yeah, Sydney Olympics. 2006, we made the World Cup. We got to the quarters, didn't we? Round of 16. Round of 16. Should have. Italy, well, Italy, Italy won. Yeah. Italy dogged us. Mm. Still haven't forgiven them for that. But anyway, I feel like there's just a lot more lot more to sort of go through. There's a little bit more content there, I guess. Um, but anyway, it might be a flop. Boys, this might be the first and last time we do this, but that's all right. So, yeah. off the, so off the top, what do you got for us? So this was a team. So then I thought, okay, so it was like, all right, we're talking glory days. We're talking uh, the money. We're talking all the glory. What team sticks out in my mind? And I didn't even know what the team name was. I just remember seeing these guys because this is the event. If you've got good kit, it'll always be remembered. Like you'd be a garbage team. You could be horrendous. But if you've got good kit, you actually got half a chance of being recognised and remember. So I've picked Calma. Could be saying that wrong. They're a Spanish team, but they they've been around for like they were in the sport for twenty four years, like a massive, massive time. And we're talking from when the sport was getting good <laughs> to when the sport finally, like, pretty much almost met its demise. <laughs> um, Do you have any data on? Is that the longest? Serving team yeah, of when, all time. When they stopped in two thousand four, they were the oldest team in the okay. peloton. But whether that was, I reckon now mo- mo- maybe movie star could. could I think be. movie star would have taken. Well, they were case now. case upon CSC. No. Oh, we're talking. Yeah, they were, we're talking. They? No, no, no. Case upon CSC were different setups. Big time. You sure? Yeah. CSC CSC was Saxo. Yeah, Bianca Reese's team. But but Tommy. Wait, what was CSC before? Are you saying, let's not worry about anyway, CSC. that's what we're talking, we're talking, talking about. We're talking that We're talking about that. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we're talking the era. Um, so you're saying 24 years with no sponsorship change. 
versus oh no one one the movie star one one key sponsor versus the movie star which has had evolutions. There's always evolutions, but there's always been one key sponsor. But that's the buckled thing about cycling. There's all this history, but there's no history because there's no team that's been. Yeah. Mm. You don't get like the football clubs. Well, it's not like Liverpool have been around since 18. But they could have been. Yeah. But it's just, I guess. You that's know, a discussion for another day. Mm. Mm. That could be a topic. Not that we'd bring much to the table, but anyway. Yeah. Go on, Tommy. Anyway, right. So to get through this garbage content that I'm about to shove down your ears. So the team I've picked is Kalmar. So do yourself a favor. I'll talk a little bit about it later, but look them up. You'll... Recognise who they are almost immediately. Well, I did. C A K L K A K E K E L M E Kalma Kalme Kalm, but who knows? <laughs> so as I said, they started in 19, 1980 and they ran through to two thousand and four. So pretty much the perfect team for me to pick. I think off the bat because this is like it is the most filthy period of time to be riding a bike, right? So. They started as Kalma, I think they started as Kalma, then they were Kalma girls, then Kalma Mercs for a few years, then back to Kalma, then a few other different things. And then from when I remember them and seeing them in magazines and that like that my uncle gave me and things like that, um, there were Kalma Costa Blanca, right, which is pretty much what they were from 97 to 2004, which is when they were hitting their straps. Like that was when they... They must have just dialed in on their training, I think. <laughs> and they got a couple of good... <laughs> Had some good times at Altitude. Yeah, they did. Right? So, a little bit about the sponsors. So, I know I've asked you this 12 months. This is maybe a good memory test. What do Kalma do? I know we're talking a little bit about this actually off air. You were pretty... Uh, yeah. Going on, Campbell. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought I'd seen them in the in the indoor soccer and just soccer generally. Space, re, a kid sponsor and shoes. Possibly. So they're a Spanish sportswear company. They create and produce apparel and shoes. Founded in 1963 by Diego and Jose Quiles, potentially Quills. <laughs> and its products are destined for football, futsal, basketball, running, and tennis market. Mm. Are they are they the capper of Spain? You, I guess so. I guess you could say that. That's a pretty good way of putting it. Yeah. I wouldn't know what their logo is, though. It's not a swoosh. <laughs> So no, I think it's, like a it's like a, it's a, a person, a, a paw of like a bear or something. Oh, it is too. No, you're right. It is. It's a paw. Great. <laughs> it's not as good as a swoosh. Um, but they, so they currently sponsor the Nepalese football team, the China League Two, and a dozen futsal teams. So they're pretty big. I don't know what the European soccer market's like. I imagine it's big. So they, if, if they share just 0.001%, it's probably worth a million a year to them. Minimum. Hey. I don't know. I don't know the economics of um, sponsoring a Nepalese, the Nepalese national team where they make the final round of 64 in the Asian qualifiers. But that'd be good at altitude. <laughs> they would be, actually. If they were allowed to play. Because, like bit too close to a few neighbouring countries there. There's probably a little bit of like, that wouldn't be great, one of the most free place, I don't think. Or is that Tibet? I think Tibet's Tibet. Yeah. Maybe the Nepalese are all right. Maybe they're actually, allowed, that's why they're allowed to have sponsors. Let's be careful. But who's, who's listening? <laughs> the CCP are listening. Fuck. Um, uh, they in soccer? 
Well, have I don't you, know. Have Tom's you seen them? You seen them? No, currently? no, I don't think I have. I, if they were, it, I would imagine they'd be in like second or third division in Spain as a sponsor. But like Tommy's just said, China League Two and a dozen futsal teams. Yeah. So they're in China. So maybe there actually is a bit of diplomacy there. They don't mind the Nepalese sort of association. Um, all right, Costa Blanca. What are they? Just the a district in Spain, no? You've re- got really good memory. You're region. taking the literal meaning, which is well, White Coast. White Coast. Which I think if you played back the the recording we did 12 months ago, I think you did the exact same thing. So full credit. I think you got that back then as well. Yeah. Um, so I, Costa I Blanca. back then as well. You would have, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah, that's where you got it from. Hmm. Probably. Costa Blanca literally meaning White Coast is over 200 kilometres or 120 miles for those in the old tongue of Mediterranean coastline on the uh, Alicante province on the southeastern coast of Spain. So pretty specific part of the world, just the coastline on the southeast coast, but obviously must have enough to pump a few mil into um, a... We, we love a government regional dollar though. They do in it's Spain. important. They do yeah. in Spain. They've it's, good, got, it's good gear that. Yeah, yeah, good gear. They definitely had good gear. Well, I mean, it's the same as the Cadell Evans Creation Road Race. Oh, yes. Well, actually, no, fair enough. Well, I think that's what they were doing. They used to sponsor the – or that might have been Kalma. I think Kalma used to sponsor the King of the Mountain at the mm-hmm. Welter. Then they're like, we're not getting much out of this. Let's just have a team. Yeah. Same as the SA government with uh, Tour Down Under. Yep. They they've, do it all. Well, they've got it. Well, I guess the uni have a team, don't they? They do it all. Why sponsor it when you just be in the race? Mm. Um. So in 1982, so we'll go through what they've done. They're actually a pretty successful team. 1982, they won stage seven of the Welter. Don't know if you guys remember that one. In 84, they won <laughs> stage six Bs of the Welter Asturias. 1990, the mountains classification of the Welter. 92, the Russian national champs. <laughs> that would have been a very interesting <laughs> race, I feel. I'd love to get that tape up. Imagine like your first bike race ever. You know, you've been training out in Siberia. You're thinking you're pretty fit. Then you get to the start line of the 92 Russian National Champs and you're like, well, those guys don't look like they've done much training. <laughs> Why am I getting dropped on the first berg? By the track sprinters. By the track sprinters. Olympic gear too, which we don't love. <laughs> but anyway, they obviously got someone that would have been in the Olympics. Um, 97, stage 12 of the Welter. And then this is when they start really sort of hitting their straps. So in 2000, they won overall in a couple of stages of the Welter. They won two stages in the mountains class at the Tour. They won stage 13 of the Giro. In 2001, a stage in Young Rider at the Tour. 2002, two stages at the Tour. Two stages of the Giro and they won the Welter. Then 2004, which was their final year, they won four stages of the Welter. So, come good. There was a, there was a grand tour. Did you say they won the Welter overall grand tour? They won it twice. Yep. Nice. So, there's a good no, squadron. This, this is a good, they were a good team. This is why they... I, Sort of remember because obviously you don't remember teams that aren't obviously at the front of races doing things, hmm. but um, they like they were a good team right up until you don't miss out on the '92 Russian national. They were chance. a really good team right up until they didn't get invited to the tour, which we sort of find out a little bit about later because I had no idea about I had no idea or concept of what this team was, who was in it. I just remember their kit. I just remember seeing the jersey. Good kit. It was great. It's great and like. Do I recall anything else? No. But turns out, this is what I'm saying, these old teams is a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more fat in the pan when you're cooking with these. There's a little bit more, you know, meat on the bone, if you will. Uh, you don't need to put as much, you know, 
chili in the mix. There's enough spice there for you to enjoy your dinner without having to, you know, embellish it too much. Directors, couldn't tell you. I have absolutely no idea who their directors are. Probably could be easy to find. If you're interested, look it up, I guess. But I'm, I wasn't for you. 12 months ago, that wasn't for me. And then when I, I tried to find my spreadsheet. The, the director space really thrived in the, the origin of this, this well, segment in the continental scene where it, it was traditionally rich in ex-dopers. Yep. Yep. So here... Is it that much different now? Uh, no, but I was just trying to back Tom in and his lack of research <laughs> at this part. <laughs> Well, nothing's changed. Supporting anyway. the boys. So we'll go to the doping conviction section. So this is probably where Off the top. This is uh you know, usually we get some interesting things, but this is pretty much the whole of everything. So in two thousand and four, which keep in mind this is the year the team pretty much met its demise. It ceased it's, to hang exist. Two thousand four is where the doping met its convi- maker. Is this two thousand four is where the doping convictions start? So we, no, were, no, we no, were clean I slate. I don't think anyone had actually been convicted up until this point. Keep that in mind. That's a that's a long, clean history. Oh, this is and this is when we get to the metaphor of the night, right? This is where right at the end, you know, I always have a metaphor of what mm. I think the team represents. It's what everyone's hanging on for. The, the listeners. They're probably not, but it's definitely one that I've actually got a good one. Sometimes they're a little bit like, you know, a bit of a bit of a long bow. Some nights. Often a long bow. Very often, <laughs> pretty much all the time a long bow. I think I've actually got it right this time. I think I feel pretty close. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for it. I'm excited. Anyway, I don't want to put too much don't, don't, anticipation don't, on it because yeah. I might just be a letter. Anyway, 2004, a bloke named Jesus, or Jesus, <laughs> Manzano, did an interview with a Spanish newspaper. This is why the team still existed, right? I think. I'm pretty sure. The former Calme cyclist, so he used to ride for the team, but the team still existed. Exposed the systematic doping within the team. During the interview, he detailed blood doping as well as the various performance-enhancing drugs he used while on the team. So this is him. This is in 2004. So this is before everyone, before it was like... Before it came trendy. Before it was an actual trend to say that, hey, by the way, I was doing this. Hey, look, I wasn't in the situation. I I wasn't facing the same problems that these people were facing. I'm not here to um, judge or... Do anything like that. It was just that was that was the sport at the time, and that's why I like I like I say I reckon this is the glory days. This is the most exciting time to actually watch cycling. But obviously, a lot of these guys are under immense pressure to pe- perform in this. So we laugh and joke, but pretty grim time to actually probably be. And they were a putting, budding athlete. They were, weren't putting the best stuff into their body. No, they probably weren't doing, probably, doing the best by and their health. People advising them, and but anyway, that's not for me to comment. So anyway. Naturally, and being a respectful team, they immediately denied the allegations, <laughs> right? Of course. Uh, even better to this, so Jean-Marie LeBlanc, right, so AKA, AKA, director of the Tour de France, was so skeptical about the allegations, he got nah, nah, this guy's full of shit. There's no way that anyone on this team is doping, <laughs> right? You're an idiot. Not a thing. So then... Um, Moving forward a little bit, so I think things sort of – the dialogue starts about the whole, you know, this, that or the other. So he details, he says, that at the end of 2002, he had two and a half litres, like two hundred two and a half litres sachets, sachets, sachets. That's good, Tom. That's English and I can't <laughs> pronounce it right. <laughs> two and a half litres sachets of his blood. So not like – 
I'm assuming that's not like a few sachets of 500 mil. They're two and a half liter bags mm. of his blood. We're taken um, in a clinic in Valencia, which was then meant to be transferred during the 2003 Tour de France, right? So in 2002, he's prepping for the tour in 2003. He's in Valencia, drawing blood. Um, in addition, he paid 3,000 euros before the start of the 2003 Tour de France of the team for the medical expenses as an investment to the others. Uh, sorry, as an investment to what he and the team expected be, would be repaid with the proceeds of a stage win or other wins. So he paid the team 3,000 euros, expecting that they'll get the money back for medical expenses. He's no. back to stock. He believed that the rest of the riders on the team paid the same amount of money. On the morning of the seventh stage of the tour, the team doctor gave him a product that he had never used before. 50 mils were injected into one of his veins on the first climb of the day. How good is this? This is, this is fucked. On the first climb of the day, the Col de Portes, uh, Menzano and Richard Veronk, there's a name. Big name. Attacked the Peloton and got away with, uh, in an attempt to bridge up to an earlier breakaway. As Veronk's teammate was ahead, Veronk did not do any of the work to get the group. So obviously our boy... Jesus is going to be doing a fair bit of the labor here. After three kilometers of the climb, Menzana began to become dizzy. Veronka attacked and got away. Menzana collapsed after 500 meters and was airlifted to a hospital. The Tour de France doctor, who was the first medically trained person on the scene to tend to Menzana, mistakenly diagnosed it as heat stroke. So this is like 3K into the first climb of the day. Right? So then according to him, the team manager... Joan, Mars. So there is a team manager. I couldn't find out much about this Joan. He's got a... Joan, is that a Spanish name that I'm saying right? J-O-A-N. Yon? Like the bros or is that Eon? It's a soft J. That's Eon. Eon. Eon Mars. Ask him to refuse all analysis at the hospital. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Right? So we're putting it down to heat stroke. He'd later say that the drug that administered in the morning of the seventh stage of the tour was oxyglobin. Talk I'm to no, us. I'm no doctor. Here we go. Here we go. This is what we're here for. No, I don't know what oxyglobin <laughs> is. <laughs> but he had 50 mils of it and that would have come up at the hospital. So anyway, that's what caused him to KO on the first climb of the day. So anyway, another very important thing to point out about this team, right, Uh the team doctor, <laughs> this is so good, was, and I still can't say his name, was Efimiano Fuentes, right? So think a la Operation Puet, Puerto, Puet, <laughs> you know, the you know, one I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. He, was yeah. a, he was the team doctor. On the te- no one else, be- oh, I thought that was pretty he, cooked. He, he was the guy behind Operation Pu- Puerto. Was him. But pre. He was the team doc. What year was that? I don't know. Like, imagine, like, you've just done, like, a lactate test, right? Oh, yeah, we're just going to take some blood samples. Lie down. I'm taking two and a half litres. <laughs> oh, don't you need just, like, a sample? No, no, doing two and a half litres. Big, big, big lactate test. This is <laughs> more big, accurate. Big science. Yeah. So, what are you saying? That the riders didn't know that they were on a, on a program? No. What I'm saying is I think it's pretty funny that he was the team doctor. That's fucked. <laughs> He's the most cooked, like, medical expert in the whole history of the sport, and he was the team doctor. But I want to get some dates. 
Yeah. On when that can was. You, can you get some, well, on can the you actual? Get the, can you get the data up? Operation. Like, yep. was this pre or post? Was I reckon it, it was post. Surely. I reckon it was post. So he was still operating post that time. Well, he was around when Lance was still bumming. So, uh, bumming around. So started in May two thousand six. Yeah. Okay. So he was so working after. So he was working on this squad before. He was working on this squad. He was the team doctor. Then gone. I can make more money. This was operating. Where, this, this was where he's ma- mastering his craft. He's practicing on. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He he's on the payroll of the team as the team doc. Learning his craft, yeah. getting to know riders, knowing what works, what doesn't. Then he's got all his research, all his information. He goes out on his own and he's going and to he work. starts his business. That's yeah. it. He's going to work for the he worked for the big four, right? Yeah. Doing a little bit of consulting and then he's gone, I'm just gonna do my own consulting. Yeah. I'm an independent operator. In a big way. In the biggest way. With the biggest clients. With the biggest clients. Mm. Like why limit yourself to two bit Spanish cyclists when you can limit yourself to two bit Athlete at everywhere, yeah. people, <laughs> right? So, and then anyway, to sort of wrap up this whole saga, in 2007, Menzano, this is a bit that I find out relevant, and this is what actually brings it back into, I guess, modern um, modern relevance. He said that Alejandro Valverde dope with testosterone during the 2002 welter. Now, I know Alejandro is 40 years old and it's impressive what he's doing, but... Um, You're off him. I was never really on him, though. I was never on him. I mean, he's been, he was only caught up in, in the wrong sort of press a couple of years ago, wasn't it? He, he was, he was suspended. Ban, yeah. It mm. must have been the second suspension that he's served. And, yeah, he was on the team sheet in 2004. Correct. So, and, again, I can't um, speculate one way or the other. Not there. Didn't see anything. But, like, oh, think about it. Literally, the doc for the whole operation was the team doc. And... I don't know. This it's guy, not a good read. This guy had doesn't read rough. well at all. Yeah, no, yeah, a bit of a rough. Doesn't read well at all. Yeah. So anyway, it's actually a little bit. Look, she wants a bit sad, but fuck me, it made for some entertaining <laughs> imagine, um, viewing. Oh my god. Yeah. Just imagine being that guy going. This is what I got to do. I got to get some doc to put something, some random substance into my body. Just take it or leave it. Yeah. And then you're passing out on passing out on one of the climbs, getting choppered to the hospital, and they're going, just keep something down there. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Just a bit of, bit of heat stroke, bit of heat stroke. Just, <laughs> just heat stroke. Just pop down, all right? You got Is 50 it, mil of heat stroke. Have we got some data on the weather that day? I'd love to see what it was. <laughs> 24 <laughs> degrees, you got heat stroke. It was in, Don't it, say it it was in Normandy. <laughs> racing through Normandy. Sideways rain. <laughs> it's heat stroke. Stiff. So, anyway, alumni, they've actually got a pretty good... Pretty good lineup. Like more well, the l- results that you reeled off, you'd expect there would be some decent riders. Yeah, there. So you've obviously got Alejandro Valverde, the man. He's forty years old and doing better than most twenty-year-olds. So mm-hmm. I think that's that, look. It is impressive longevity he's, I guess, had in the sport. Um, but Imagine to be fair, to, that guy is to be fair, in Alejandro's defence, he's operating in the modern spectrum, modern end of the spectrum in the sport, and the modern rules and regs, the modern rules and regs, modern testing. Modern whatever, and so far, well, seems to be managing, apart from maybe five years ago. So maybe you're like, okay, like he is a good athlete regardless. Of but of course, um, is he carrying the bennies though from the? From well, the well, I don't know how that Possibly, works. Possibly, neither do I. That's yeah. That's you think there would be some bennies? A bit of medical experience between us three. Mull that over. A couple of, couple of, a lot of IQ getting thrown <laughs> around the room here. Um, 
Roberto Harass, so he won the Vuelta, but also he was the Texans' main man. So there was probably Harass then George Hincapie, but Harass was the uh, he was pretty the, much the, the Texans, kings of the mountains. He wasn't was the he? Texans' main man. Yeah, Roberto. So Roberto Harass. That was obviously it's when an he was, old name when he was riding with probably in the twilight years of Lance doing well, but he um, yeah, obviously pretty good rider. Fernando Escartin, so he got third overall the ninety nine tour. Santiago Botero was World TT champ. Um, Felix Cardenas. So Cardenas took one of the biggest victories um, of his career at the Tour. So what he did, he crossed the line ahead of Lance Armstrong, et al. He performed his trademark victory salute, Mm -hmm. uh, standing on the pedals with his arms raised high in the air. Standing on the pedals. Yeah, so I don't know if that's like he's standing on the pedals or he literally just put his... Hands up in the air because it's either really, really impressive or the most unoriginal victory <laughs> salute I've ever heard of. <laughs> Probably not worth reporting if it's the latter. But I've read it somewhere. And so I'm thinking is that for someone to actually report on someone celebrating, standing on the pedals is actually pretty hard. No Whoa. hands. That's like standing. Have you ever seen that? Well, apparently he did it uh, on <laughs> over Lance. It's like slam dunking on Lance. <laughs> it's like doing a slam dunk with no hands. Yeah. Over Lance. Is it possible? Well, must be. Sure, it'd be hard to pull ask, ask, ask Felix. Um, so then this other guy, <laughs> this is my favorite guy from the team. His name's Ada. Well, I hope it is because it's like, I hope he got called Gator on the team. Well, that'd be pretty sick. Like, that's Gator, but his name's actually Ada. Uh, Gonzalez. Um, Gator, Gon- Gator Gonzalez. Gator, too. yeah. It flows off the tongue. That's good. Um, after retirement, he had several run-ins with the law. So in 2007, so this is his this is <laughs> this is his stat sheet or rap sheet. He was arrested for driving under the influence of alcohol and cocaine in 2008. This is a year later. A second arrest followed when he allegedly hired people to beat up a person who owed him money. In 2011, he was arrested again for taking part in bank fraud. Then in 2016, so that's quite contemporary. Uh, he was taken into custody for a fourth time for allegedly taking part in a robbery. This wow! Done it all. He also won the world up. <laughs> Where's is he Spanish? Uh, you'd have to ask Gator. I'm pretty what sure. Year, what year did he win the world up? Early 2000s, yeah. late 90s, before 2004. Yeah, okay. Ato Gonzalez. Ato Gonzalez. How's that for? A, mm, it's good. That's it's a good name. I don't mind. No, not the name, but the rap sheet. It's a good name. I'm sick of this guy. I don't know where it all went. Up. Where it all went wrong. For him. I'm thinking 2007. See, so you, so you could, you could, you could assume, was a bad year. You could assume that uh, it was just an unraveling of his fame in Spain. <laughs> this just got pear shaped. Oh, Post sport. Have a look at us. Yeah, it's a wild place. Mm. So don't pay anyone to beat me up. Best kit in the biz. <sighs> yep. Ever. 2002, he won the Vuelta. Yep. Three stages of the Giro. Three of the Vuelta. Won a stage at the Tour de France in 2004. I was going to say, so, was that in all one year? No. The Giro and the Welter was all in one year. Uh, yeah, 2002. It's a big year. It's a big year. Yeah, the GC stage at the Giro, stage at the Welter. Um, Have you got an image of him there? Yep. He's this guy's got the baseball cap backwards. <laughs> that's his. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the prison photo. You got one from the front, one from the side. <laughs> Only person ever go up on the podium Stand on the front Then just turn 90 degrees And get his photo taken on the other side 
Oh, that's who he is. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We need to get that on the socials. <laughs> we, I mean, we talk a little bit off air. Like, what is, what is enough of a career, like results wise, to keep yourself off the streets like that? Probably, or a welter win is probably normally it would be, shouldn't it? If you win the Vuelta, if you win a Grand Tour, if you, you should be grandie, okay. You should be okay. If you win a you're obviously gr- dedicated and hardworking enough to have sense of the world. And not end up in street fights and Again, cocaine. I'm not Gator Gonzalez, though. Like, with a name like Gator, he's capable of anything. But the same deal. How, like, I don't know what his age was when he won the Vuelta, but you're young, you ran into a big contract. Top of the world. Big top of the world. He would have been like 20s Spain. when he won the Okay, so he's not that Vuelta. young. He's not Polk. And you got to remember, in, two, in 2007, he's under the influence of like beer and gear. And he's got, he's he also, yeah, let's just put an asterisk next to this. He's probably got a mountain of gear running through him. Yeah. When? When he's running the streets. Well, potentially could be both. We don't know. We can't comment. We're no, not no. in a position to say, but there's a definite potential. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Like, shit, I don't know. He just got caught in 2007. So anyway, Gator Gonzalez, absolute madman. But to answer Cambo's question, it is it is enough fame. It is enough fame and cash and contract value to keep yourself off the streets. Yeah, it should be something's got pear shaped. Yeah, sadly for for him. Yeah, for Gator, for Gator. Um, sorry, getting back to what I was saying, best kit in the biz. Yeah, big time, easy. Ever. Is he one of the best kids ever made? Ever. Yep. It would definitely be in conversation forever. It's always going to be hard to go, hard to go past oh, but the everyone, Mappe kit. It, it's, so, it's, it's so subjective. Mappe, obviously, pretty pretty bloody good. Probably, actually, the best. I think, undisputably, the best. But this is this is going to be in that same conversation. You're talking about it. If you're talking about this and Mappe in the same conversation, you're doing all right. Yeah. It's, it's stiff not to have the relevance that Mappe does. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? For what they are, like Mappe are a massive, massive brand, like huge. Where you, you, you see I'd it on use site every day. Concrete on site every day. Today, I was looking at Mappe. I had the Mappe rep out like two weeks ago, so Mappe is still very, very relevant. Calma, like they're just they're sponsoring Nepalese football teams. Like they mm. they they did I think pretty well on their kit design. Different scale. Are Mappe yep. still involved in the sponsorship of Worlds as well? Hmm. Think so. It's still involved in the sport. Well, like Rabobank just did a mass ejection from the sport. Anyway, <laughs> for well, yeah, but still, they had good reason. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, whatever. No comment on that, Tommy. You, if, if, what's that thing you see on um, people after they've had like some sort of you know issue in their life? There was like if you. You know, can't handle me at my worst. You don't deserve me at my best, kind of thing. Like live, laugh, love, kind of thing. Motiva- that's, that's, motivational yeah. poster on the wall. It's like Rabobank. You don't see any of that in their offices. <laughs> Gets bad. I'm out. <laughs> don't want to know. Live, laugh, leave. All right. Um, all right. Little interesting fact about the team. Mm. Little, little, little factoid. Little, little fact for the boys. Um, so Manzano, I feel like he's the man of the team. The aforementioned whistleblower. He was actually fired from the team. So after... Because he didn't keep it up on the climb. Because of his heat stroke. Yeah. No, so he was fired from the team. And I don't know if you remember this fact, but I, I've, I'd forgotten about this. This is actually kind of funny. 
He'd been fired because he'd been found with a woman in his bedroom one night at the tour. I do remember. Which was not allowed by the team. So he was fired. So he got fired for for having a Sheila back in his room. For playing up at the tour. Yeah. For just having a girl. But but then. Next day. It's kind of like you got fired for having a girl round. But also, like, we may think you be potentially a whistleblower a at some point. Let's just get you out of, like, we don't want no narcs in the team. You're out. Mm. So, I don't know whether she was planted there or what. Like, I don't even know it. I didn't, I just got, I was just, I was just getting a massage. It was just a dinner. I didn't even know <laughs> what's going on. And then they just happened to come past. I don't, I don't know. Was this information readily available? Or did you have to dig deep? For I didn't make it up. I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> Where's your reference? In D- don't have it's. That's just what happened. Yeah, check the bibliography at the end of the uh, the end of the pod. But <laughs> stiff, like literally, probably, and also stiff. Like, stiff, unlucky, but also stiff. <laughs> but seriously. Stiff. That's unlucky as. That is no good. <laughs> it's just, it was a team dinner. Comes back. Oh, don't know what's going on here. How do you get pinned? Had, oh, room. Oh, well, someone must have knocked on him. Well, then next next night, they had a girl in their room too. Funny that. They were off the team. It's vicious cycle. You're fired. Rats. <laughs> Rat them all out. Are you ever allowed your missus at the race hotel? I'm not too sure. Don't know how that works. Never made it that far yeah, to find well, out. Well, that's why I was referencing uh, the big, the big man no, over I, here. I any girls what, on tour? I don't remember <laughs> what the rules and regs were. <laughs> then I don't think there was any hard and fast rules. The biggest man in Pomferrata after clipping <laughs> that would the actually be good. If you world could, championship. If you actually had someone who did not want to be named, that's in the pro peloton, that's a little bit loose. You say, what's what's the ins and outs? The, well, they're all, they're all most of them are very hard and fast. Yeah, but we're not all Gordos and... Well, the high percentage are. Yeah, I know. Good to get Julian Alaphilippe on. It would be good to get Julian <laughs> on. <laughs> the baddest man in five stripes. <laughs> um, so anyway, so basically, like this team, like they obviously got massive just denial issues. I think they just, they kept going. The director of the tour. You got to double down, don't you? They just literally doubled down. Ah, but yeah, but they were, just, got to. they were just part of the party. You got to. They were, but that's like, I, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And then one sniff of a rat <laughs> and they plant a woman in his room. Probably didn't plant them. <laughs> it's inferred that he planted. Hey, Jesus, he hey, might, Jesus might have just been on a burner and was just like feeling really good. It'd be good. It'd be good to get Jesus on the pod. Oh, like he's done really well considering Gonzalez, who was actually successful, <laughs> paying people to beat someone up. Like, how do you, what do you pay someone to beat someone up? Maybe that's uh, that's a real that's, coward that's move. Part of the next evolution. Just do it yourself. Part of the next evolution as we start to get some guests in, like people that are on the ground. I'd love to just interview Alejandro. Get him in. What was it like early doors at Calma? Tell me. Well, we probably, what was what was what was Alejandro Fuentes like? Alejandro is probably not the best rat for. This the, what you want, but the okay. guy that's talking to the media post getting fired, post getting a uh, getting dragged a to the lady sp- yeah. suspectedly planted in his room. He might be he might be interested. Yep, Je- journalist work one hundred and one. Crazy. So anyway, coming to my metaphor now, 
last year when I was trying to search for a metaphor, I had my metaphor was it's like literally being on fire. Someone saying, "Hey, you're on fire," and you just say, "No, I'm not." And they're like, "Well, clearly you're burning." You're like, "No, I'm not on fire." Like just complete and utter denial. But then I think I don't know if you boys have actually seen there's a a sketch that Monty Python did many many years ago where a bloke comes into the the pet shop and he says, I bought this parrot not half an hour ago and it is dead. And then the shop owner says, no, it's not. It's not actually dead. He says, yes, it is. He's like, no, that's Norwegian blue. It's just resting. And then he gets the the parrot out of the out of the cage and whacks it on the table and says, see, dead. It, it's dead. And the, the pet shop are adamant. He's like, no, definitely. Now you've stunned it. Now it's just stunned, <laughs> right? It's just deny, deny, deny. And then he's eventually like, Look, I don't have a replacement. Go see my brother in um, Ipswich or Bristol or something like that. So then he goes to Bristol and then he goes sees the the brother in Bristol and he's like, "Oh no, this is Ipswich. You're not in. You're not in Bristol in Ipswich." So he just lies and then he goes to the train person. He's like, "No, you're in Bristol." And he goes back. And he's like, "I can give you a slug. That's all I've got. <laughs> I can't give you a parrot." So it's like this team is the pet shop owner, and obviously I've done no justice to. Um, <laughs> The, Did you uh, say something about a long bow earlier in the piece? If you watch, we'll link it down below. Oh. We'll link it down at the top. Nah, up, for for in all the, those, just yeah. in the top left, top right corner, we'll link it. Well, after after you smash that, can smash I get a that, parrot in the chat? After you smash that like button, um, <laughs> we can we can put it on YouTube. So anyway, it's link a, it in. I have link not it done in. it. I've not done it justice, but basically, it's it's the doubling down and the complete denial of there being any problem. I think yep. is is the um, the metaphor. So it's it's the dead parrot dead parrot sketch mm-hmm. that Monty Python did many many years ago. I think it actually sums up sums up this team perfectly. Yeah, I don't mind it. So anyway, boys, that was a you know change of pace from regular programming, but there's a lot more um, lot more to offer. I think in these you know older older teams. Certainly, a lot more written about them. Mm, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. it. It also speaks to a time when I think we all fell in love with the sport. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Like I'd actually sit there and watch the tour mm. instead of using it to fall asleep. Mm. Any, any, uh, Cambo, you suggested off the top that we are uh, or pre-chat that we take a topic and just, just, just confabulate over it. On the couch. You know, this Going is, back this to is, the roots. Actual confabulation. You know what? I'm happy with how this, this has come out. Got the, got the boom arms on the couch. A few wines. It's Hands good. free. Hands free. But do you want to talk about something cycling related or? I think ideally, probably for the listener base, it's probably best it's cycling. Jeez, don't come all flooding in with your suggestions. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something I've, cycling I've, related. I've, that I've, we were talking about, Alex, you were talking you about did. it. We were watching the football yesterday. And you said that um, Bass Country was a bit flat. All the big riders were there. Why was it flat? Why was it not getting the attention that it probably deserved? And you thought that there's too many warm-up races. There's too much dog shit, mm. if you will, before the the big races. And I, I do tend to agree, but this is the problem that we keep coming back to with cycling, that everyone wants a little bit of summon summon. The, um, well, but then I was talking to... Uh the your younger brother Thomas What's Lucas last night and he said Bass Country is the best race 
of the warm-ups, you need to tune in. Every I'm not saying every- we get rid of them all, but maybe some do. Because, you know, we had Catalonia a fortnight well, ago and it just felt like it was, you know, I think one week race in Spain. That's why, I was burnt, that's why I was burnt out. Like you're watching all of Catalonia. There was Torino was on at the same time. One day is one at the same time. It's just too much. But everyone wants to have their cake and eat it too. Like exactly. these organisers, they want they want to have their race because it's like you got one organiser who's like, "This is my passion project. I do this every year." It's not like the ASO who will do their four races a year. Mm. These are local governments in Spain, local governments in France. They have their two, three day races. They get specs and specs of whatever teams, athletes that turn up and then occasionally like Bask, you actually had a pretty good field, no? Yeah, the be- yeah, well arguably the best arguably field. Arguably the, the best field. Like for before, a tour. for a warm up race. But there's so many warm up races. Like, like I reckon it had a better field than Perry Nice. Perry Nice is easily a bigger the, race. Um, mm. on paper. And on we paper. missed historically. Yeah. We missed out because no Roubaix. Like that Flanders, Roubaix, warm up races that are just more Flanders pretty much. Yeah. Like that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Th- th- those two weekends are out of control. You sit down from kilometer zero and watch the entire thing and you go, that was good gara. Enjoyed that. Do you reckon the riders would prefer to have less racing? Mm, well, it would probably mean the squads are smaller. Mm. You've got to cover a lot of bases. There'd be some days there you'd have, like if there were two tours, there was Torino... Parry tours and then the one day is going. What do they have? Like thirty on a squad? I think so. Or high twenties, between twenty five and thirty. Hmm. So it's like maybe five riders, maybe maybe go down a list of twenty. Yeah. Eighteen. A lot of people are gonna be losing a job, aren't they? There's a lot of people losing a job. But like you compare it to a sport we're probably not super passionate about, but we, we consume F one. It's just like the top I don't, know, I don't even know how many people are on the grid, but the top guys, they're all going at it every Sunday night. Like, it's simple, easy to understand. You see the best guys every week. It's good. I don't I don't not like the warm-up races, but I just think there's so many of yeah. them. A lot of people use them for training, though, no? Like, whether we no. watch it or not, it doesn't really matter. It's for them, for their preparation. Well, I think, I think um, Unless that's... Unless you've got, obviously, contractual obligations to be at a yeah. race. Yeah, but I think that's um, part to kind of the the professional nature of the sport now. I think it was, I think it was Gerard was talking in an interview. He was, he was saying like around, used to be able to rock up to like these races, early doors. So you're thinking the tour is the big dance. Obviously, the Dolphin and Swiss and whatnot, you, you're moving pretty well. But these earlier races, especially Tour Down Under at the start of the year, like used to be able to rock up. You could train there. No few worries. Beers. Yeah, a few frothies at night. Like, you'd be all right. But now, it's just, just on. Like, all day, all night. All day. But that's what people just, getting paid big money, they should be doing. They should. That's their job now. Yeah. Mm. You're getting I literally agree. paid. You're going to a race. You don't go to a race not wanting to win it. Well, that'd be stupid. Mm. So, if you're there, win it. Like, you're getting paid. Like, you get paid to win. You don't get paid to finish and paid to whatever. I don't know. And there's lots of winners in this con in this co- this in this Conti B series. There's gonna be a lot of winners. Nothing but winners, and that's what I like. Mm. No no losers in this. They're all winners. Mm. Alright, good topic off the top, Cambo. 
It's something to talk it's about. Something I something Summit. I talk about a lot. Mm. Summit to talk just about. naturally. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you got topics, send them in. Tommy can chair the chair the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your research, and uh, appreciate you coming in. We look forward to uh, a few more of these apps. A few more nights on the couch. A long time between. A few, few more confabulations, and the brekkie's back. That's that's hot. I don't, off the I don't press. mind these evening sessions. Like whenever you're listening to it, it's probably not going to be in the evening, but that's nice. It's got Fisherman's full, got full pasta pilot. provided. Yeah, fantastic part of this little part, part of the the service, the social, literally the social club. It is. It's back to its. It's back to its roots. We can just see each other. Mm. I don't mind it. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, gents. Thanks, Cambo. Thanks. Thanks.